Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive, and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. It's one of your favorite deep end traditions, building the FFPC playoff challenge lineups with our friends from Draft Sharks, Matt Schauf and Jared Smola. I think maybe this was the first podcast I ever did with you guys when we built Cam Akers comes to mind. We built playoff uh, challenge lineups. We have, happen to have a Rams team this year, which is an interesting live underdog in the same way. What we want to do today is build a $200 playoff challenge roster, then talk about how we might want to tweak it at the $35 level. Focus on FFPC. We'll build it here live in front of all of you, and you can watch and listen to us put it together. Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst with their friends Matt Schauf and Jared Smola. Welcome to the Deep End. I'm so happy to be doing this show with 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 my with my long lost BFFs from DraftSharks.com. Um, love, love having you guys on the show. Obviously, love talking off script as well. And I do want to say before we dig in that um, the articles you guys write for the playoff challenge specifically are just an absolute must for people building lineups and building rosters. Um, I think that and fantasy mojos like work on, on what's worked before and what's won and all that. You got to have those articles up, the playoff strategy, the digging into the numbers that Jared does, the playoff strategy with Matt and then fantasy mojo. You have to have all those three things up if you're going to be building these rosters and, uh, and we'll, I'm sure we'll use them plenty, plenty today. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Yeah, I certainly referenced Fantasy Mojo's numbers in my write-up. I look at Jared's uh, data dump every time I'm thinking about who's going to go into my lineup. I had just tweeted out this morning, I think talking through and figuring out how to build this lineup is way more fun than actually watching my lineup crash once the tournament starts. <laughs> Well, the nice thing about this contest, too, is your team probably won't be dead after round one. You'd have to really screw up to be dead after round one. So you, you at least get like two weeks. I have a nice sweat. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be back on with you guys. Uh, no offense to Matt. This is probably like my favorite podcast I do every year. Uh, I just I, lo- I love the format. It's just it's refreshing. It's not it's not a draft. It's not DFS. It's you know it's, its own unique format. And I love uh, chopping it up with you guys about how to build out teams. I'd only be offended if you were on a show without me saying that. <laughs> yeah at least he's here right and, um, and we only get one week to do it like that's what i love yeah. it's like there's one week out of the year where everyone's like i'm listening to all these other shows and people trying to figure out and you just hear them kind of talk through because you don't have six months to figure it out and you're just like talking through everything which is what we'll do to today and um it's a, just a unique fun fun thing to do like we won't be back here next week analyzing strategy right. for the divisional <laughs> round playoff challenge <laughs> uh jared to your point you're not dead after week one. You can feel at least sort of alive here for at least a week. Let's analyze that. Last year, maybe, probably the key player was DK Metcalf, who is one player we talked about. He We did four teams, I believe, last year. He was on one of them. Were you dead without Metcalf, who had maybe a 35-point day for Seattle in their loss to San Francisco? We know we're going to lose – Hopefully it's kicker defense, but then it's right. still two more guys this weekend. Um, what do you think about that? Well, d- didn't Adam, Adam had uh, last year's winners on, and they did not have DK Metcalf, right? Correct. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, you, you know, you, you wanted him, but you didn't. You didn't need him, so you weren't. You, you probably felt like you were dead if you didn't yeah. have him on your team, but um, you turn, turns out you weren't. How did they do it, Adam? I was in bed for the last two days. How did <laughs> they? Right. Uh, well, how, how did they people. win without Metcalf? <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, it's, it's about building rosters so that like, if you're going to do multiple teams, I think they, I think they, they did five and it's the ability to just build, like you're going to have, when you have multiple rosters, you're going to have all of the players that won the whole thing throughout all of your rosters. It's about kind of just getting lucky with that specific combination of players on the one specific team. So that one, they happen to, um, be able to have a team that obviously had Jalen hurts and they had Kelsey, but I think they had. Debo instead of CMC or something on that team, and they were able to leap for they, Dol- they had Dolphins defense, right? Which, Dolphins which they defense. said was a big thing. So, like, like yeah. you know, don't don't just throw away your defense back like that. That's going to matter. Um, that's you know, it's a reminder. And, and then I think, yeah, the Hurts thing is big. Like, 
nailing the correct Super Bowl players because you get double points for a Super Bowl guy. So I think that was um, key and will continue to be key in 2024. Dolphins defense as the seven and a double-digit underdog at Buffalo last year. <laughs> they got they got a defensive touchdown in that game, and here we are again with the Steelers, who have a very different reputation. Maybe making the Dolphins a little bit more of a long shot pick, but um, still Pittsburgh by far the biggest underdog. You know, by a field goal compared to Green Bay, seven seed, the uh, biggest underdog here in Wild Card Weekend. Well, I've got uh, open roster up under the name of Deep End Draft Sharks. And, um, you know, I put Deep End first. Alphabetical. I don't know. I didn't need, really need to do that. So <laughs> the format, if you don't know, is we've got 12 roster spots out of 14 teams eligible for the playoffs in the playoffs. So that means, of course, two teams you will not pick at all. And then two more that you might hope to have lose in this kind of format would be the teams you pick for your kicker and your defense. Still, there'll be two more players going out in round one. It's already been mentioned here. Points are doubled in the Super Bowl. Adam had a team with Jalen Hurts last year. Hurts ended up with 90 points in the Super Bowl alone with the 2X <laughs> in, in a loss to Kansas City. Matt, how do you start? So you've got quarterback, you know, the the onesie positions, quarterback, tight end. Are we trying to figure out, trying to reverse engineer uh, the playoffs and just lean on who we think will win games. Is that the best way to do it? What do you think the best way to start here is? I mean, I, I think the whole time I'm thinking about what teams I think are going to win or lose. You certainly want to start out with the teams that you think are the best bets to reach the Super Bowl. I don't think anybody is really going out on a limb with that, unless you look back a few years and you were like, I think the Rams or the Bengals are really getting there. So I'm going to take a quarterback that could have given you an advantage. But I think you give a little bit of thought to that. I. For this particular challenge, I generally start with the teams that I don't want to bet on, the teams that I'm most likely to fade. I think Pittsburgh is the obvious full fade choice this year, and I don't even want to think too far beyond doing that because that gives me one spot that's locked in. Um, there's only one more team that I need to avoid completely if I consider the Steelers in that spot. And then just figuring out what are going to be my best options for those other three fades. We, we talk about full fade, which are the two teams you leave out completely. Because, of course, we're picking 12 spots out of 14 teams. Then we talk about soft fades, kicker and defense. And I think defense is, is interesting to talk about for a second because, you know, Jared mentioned the Dolphins defense being a key to last year's winner and how that's maybe signals you don't want to throw away any of your picks. I would say the Dolphins scoring the way they did last year is actually a signal that maybe you do throw away that pick because, there was no way that anybody got to the Dolphins as a good play last year. They allowed 34 points to the Bills. That was a, I'm throwing this away. I'll just play the Dolphins because I don't want anything else from them. And it ended up working out. So I, I, I think that's a spot yeah. to not overthink kicker and defense. Yeah, I did, I did not mean you want to prioritize your defense pick. Like, you know, sacrifice other spots for your defense. I meant it more. My, my big thing at defense is try not to play the chalk defense. That, that's that's the big thing, right? Because we know it's super unpredictable. Um, it's just trying to get different at D, which I think Miami was last year. I assume they were super low owned. I think I think that's the key at that position. Yeah, it's, Pittsburgh you can get different among your fades, I think is fine. Pittsburgh is similar. One thing I would think about is does the team you're playing turn the ball over? Right. And Miami got its points last year in that game with a a, a touchdown on defense on an Adam fumble. I mean, I know there's no TJ Watt, but that's the one thing I feel like about the Steelers is what are the goals? To be different, to try to luck out. Just like in DFS, you're just trying to luck into yeah. a team that scores. So maybe the Steelers being a team that maybe fewer, the fewest number of players will play um, mm -hmm. makes that interesting. But I don't want to spend all day on defense. I know that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think fading teams is, is important. I don't mind. Steelers as a hard fade, fine. I also don't mind playing the Steelers as, as the, as the defense, you certainly wouldn't use the kicker because the weather's going to be terrible, but you know, the bills turn the ball over a ton. Allen has turned the ball over a ton this year and you don't lose points for like, you don't go under like you don't get negative points as a defense. Yeah. So it's not like, so if Josh goes out and puts up 40 points, you're not going to get ne negative 10. So I, I think the Steelers are a fine, if you want to pivot to their, to, to their defense. But I start with, like Matt said, I start with who are my hard fades going to be and then I and then I go and then I go to quarterback and kind of we'll, we'll work my way down from, from there. 
All right, well, before I ask this question in this room, are we all sure the Steelers will lose? Are we the most sure? I know that the spread is telling you Pittsburgh is the biggest underdog, then Green Bay. Is there any other team that you would, uh, maybe the group we find out talking this through, is like wanting to fade? I I just want to get it out there so that it's out there in the open and it's on <laughs> the, 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 the airwaves. Um, the problem, so the, even if someone wanted to get like really sexy, like, no, I think the Steelers are going to win. The weather's going to be terrible and who gets you there? Yeah. It's not like there's that one guy that like, okay, I can, it's going to be Pickens or it's going to be Deontay. It's going to be Nash. You don't even know. So the Steelers could win. And you could pick the, the, yeah. the wrong guy. The other team that I, that, that I don't think people are going to fade that I would consider, but I know we're not probably not going to do it here would be the dolphins, a team yes. where the weather's terrible again. It's probably going to be low scoring, and you don't know who it's. Is it going to be Tyreek? Is it going to be Moster? Is Moster going to play? Is going to, I mean, A Chan. The what? Even if even if the, the, they win, now they go to Baltimore, who just crushed them. So like, you kind of got to look down and see. I love the NFC way more than the, the AFC this year for for the playoffs for the fantasy production. So the Dolphins would be a team that in the rosters that I'm building, I have been considering fading them because yep. I don't think they're going to put up a lot, a lot of points against Kansas City. Well, Miami has the second lowest implied total among the you know teams playing this week. It's, it's Pittsburgh way down at 13.25. Miami's at 19 points. That's a team that was up at you know 26, 27 for a lot of their games this season. 19 points because of the weather, because the Chiefs defense has been pretty good all year, um, because of the Dolphins injuries really on both sides of the ball, and, and including offense. Um, I think I think Tyreek Hill is probably my favorite like player fade in this tournament. Um, and you know, we can get into um why exactly as we get into Miami, but um, I, I, I'm with you, Adam. I think, I think Miami is an interesting, you know, contrarian fade team. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I agree with those guys. It's it, not only are the conditions not great for the Dolphins in general, but almost everybody who plays the Dolphins is going to play Tyreek Hill. So you're gaining mm-hmm. some advantage if he doesn't have a big game. He could even have an okay game. Like he could have six catches for 90 yards, and no touchdowns. And that's a fine game. But if you bench that and... 75% of the field has him, then you could be getting another advantage right there. I'm I'm less confident in fading the Dolphins. I guess I'd have to admit, even though I don't love this uh, like process sort of point, Tyreek back at Arrowhead Stadium works on me a little <laughs> bit. I mean, he, he's their best button to push. And, okay, it's going to be cold. Um, it's cold for everybody sort of think yeah. Like, this is a great sort of moment. Uh, for him going back there and then you know part of it is a, a a decision on what you think the Chiefs have left like are is that a team that yeah. in those conditions they've lost numerous home games they've had a trying year like if they get down do they go away I mean I don't know like what what do you guys think about fading Kansas City is that nuts Mike Tyreek Hill has a Hawaiian quarterback playing in zero degrees this weekend. <laughs> what, are, what are the chances that the ball even makes it? Too. I, exactly the path to the how much money do you win uh, for this thing? That's exactly the path right, right there. Well, that th- this this line has moved towards the Chiefs. I think it opened at either three or three and a half, but now it's four right. and a half for Kansas City. Um, like I guess that Miami has. We know about the injuries on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line, and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert are dealing with injuries, ton of injuries on the defensive side of the ball for Miami. For me, it's, it's, it's still Patrick Mahomes. They're at home. It's basically the chiefs coming off a bye week. Cause they had nothing to play for last week. We know Andy Reid's record coming off a bye is awesome. Um, I, I, I don't love the chiefs, but I still just because of the spot feel pretty good about them winning at least this game. Adam, they have a chance to keep Mahomes streak alive of never having a road playoff game. If they lose here. <laughs> that's right and they and they might even be vain enough just just, just to do that but yep. i think uh but no i think i i like the chiefs a little bit more because you can see a path to like if they win like the dolphins don't have a great run defense it's in bad weather so you're going to lean on the run i think they want to lean on the runs right pacheco would be a guy there that i can lean into whereas the dolphins i don't even know like matt matt made, made the great point like pacheco's gonna be much less owned than tyreek hill's gonna be so i mm-hmm. lean away from 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 tyreek where does all this leave Travis Kelsey? Um, is he the pick? For the, I mean, Mahomes isn't going to be that popular. Is Kelsey the, yeah. the play, Rashi Rice? Who's the play for the Chiefs? I want to fade Kelsey, but the more I think about this, I think a lot of people might fade Kelsey. So I wonder if he comes in like lower owned than he should, um, just because people are kind of 
fed up with him, right? Because he, he hasn't been good for the, the back half of the season. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, 20%, but I think he could come in under 50%. And if that's the shocked. case, like, is, is he the play? Yeah. I would be shocked if he comes in under 50%. I think his underplay is going to be something like 50 to 60% as opposed to 70 to 75%. But people are still, I think, going to get to setting their lineups. and They're going to be like, wait a second. I'm going to go into these playoffs and not play Travis Kelsey when there isn't really another obvious guy on the team. So uh, I'm leaning away from Travis Kelsey as well. I think that the thinking he might get underplayed and then getting back to him because of that might be taking a step a little too far in the, stri- the strategy for it. It is only one game and we're playing for the entire tournament here, but Jared, you mentioned the, the, the line movement on Kansas City, Miami. The props are interesting from BetMGM. Both Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, the line was five and a half. Kelsey's under is minus 135 and Rice's over is now minus 160. That's heavy on Rashi Rice at six or more catches. Tyreek, by the way, is six and a half, and that's minus 150 on the over for uh, for Tyreek Hill. So I don't know. It looks like maybe to some extent the betting markets are reflecting it's Rice over Kelsey, at least for yeah. this game. So we, and, so their favorite, week, and their favorite. And their favorite, right. So week 12 through 17. So week 12 is when Rashi Rice basically became a full-time player. Week 12 through 17, omitting week 18, obviously, when neither of these guys played. Um, Rashi Rice, 18.6 FFPC points per game, Travis Kelsey, 13 FFPC points per game. Um, and I, I, I tweeted out, um, Kelsey's last, I think it was seven games against a Vic Fangio defense. He had two big games among those seven, but the other five were super disappointing. Rashi Rice is going to get, uh, Cater Kohu, Dolphins slot corner, who's just really mm. bad. He's like near the bottom of any, uh, cornerback metric you want to look at. So I think it's a, a, I think it's a better spot for Rice than it is for Kelsey this week. Oh, who Adam, that name is like porn to uh, Bill's fans. <laughs> a little bit. Listen, this conversation started with like, how do we start the lineups? Like, how do we start building our, our, our lineups? And this is why I absolutely love the work that Jared and Matt, that you guys are doing. And I'm just looking at like the AFC. So once I sit down with all my stuff, I just look at the AFC and NFC matchups, right? And over, over on DraftStars, you guys have this beautiful color coordinated spreadsheet for us guys who, who don't like numbers. And I'm just looking over here, and it just it's so clear that the AFC you want the running backs and the NFC you want you want you want the receivers. So it's hard enough as it is. Who's gonna win? What are the matchups? If they win and they win, who do they play? I can just look at this spreadsheet and go, okay, the receivers in the NFC face number 27, number 30, number 31, number 23 ranked defenses. Regardless of who wins, the defenses are not good against against the pass or fantasy receivers. You go to the running backs. In, or that the receivers in the AFC, there's there's a number two, a number four, a number eight, a number nine. All that to say is when you start building your rosters, I want more running backs. Obviously, CMC is, is is involved. More running backs from the AFC and more receivers from the NFC. So I get to Pacheco a lot with the, with the Chiefs, kind of circling mm-hmm. back here. Like Kelsey, fine. I'll have some Kelsey, but I love throwing Pacheco into that into that lineup spot with CMC because if they mo- both make it to the championship they both make it to the super bowl that's a fine pairing i mean you don't need the quarterback even fantasy mojo says you don't need the quarterback to get to the super bowl to win you can get away with one game two games out of your quarterback now last year it worked with jalen hurts because all the touchdowns he got in the super bowl were him rushing where he wasn't giving other guys for fantasy points so i think you can get away with a pacheco cmc super bowl and he's got a bunch of better matchups and we'll like and we'll get to the other teams but the the running backs nfc are really tough you're talking about rankings there too. That probably doesn't even account for this weekend's weather, where you right. have right. the two the two AFC games could be disastrous weather conditions, and the Dallas game, the Detroit game, at least maybe yeah. rain in Tampa could, are going to be played indoors. Good point. Yeah, yeah, and I think Pacheco especially makes sense if you want to play the Dolphins <laughs> fade, whether soft fade or full fade, because then you're kind of playing for like an easier Chiefs win, where maybe second half it's a whole lot of. Pacheco. So if we're playing Pacheco here, um, I would not mind. I, I'd probably just full fade Miami. I would not play their defense. I would not play their kicker. Kansas City, in terms of sacks allowed or defensive touchdowns, you know, the Raiders got them. Uh, Mahomes for one, or actually two in that game. But I don't know where they rank in that respect. Uh, we can we can leave Miami off the board for now. And you know, Pacheco, none of this is binding. We want to end up 
with a team we would play. We reserve the right to tweak it here in the next 48 hours or whatever. But the, the point here is this is a team as a group we're comfortable with. So uh, Pacheco for now, AFC running backs to this point leaves us with who else? I mean, James Cook uh, would be one name. Then you have Jerome Ford, Singletary. I mean, these all sound less so Cook, but they all sound a little bit like, you know, long shots. I mean, do you guys normally start with running? Like, how do you guys want to start? You want to start at quarterback and kind of work, work our way down? Yeah, I mean, how, how I do it is I want to decide on who I think my Super Bowl teams are going to be and then prioritize those two teams. Like, take take whoever I think is going to be the highest scoring guy off those teams. Um, it's t- it's yeah, tough I mean, to compare maybe with quarterback in mind or just to overall. Like, the last two years, you guys mentioned Hurts, who had that incredible Super Bowl. Those were the two one seeds last year. So you were rewarded, uh, you know, sort of bravely skipping the first round, at least a quarterback, taking that zero. The year before, the Rams and the Bengals were both fours. So those were teams that each played four games. And whether it was Cup or Burrow, I mean, whoever got you there that year, just every year is different. You know, Baltimore and San Francisco have both been uh, dominant. Do you guys feel good about their chances or not good or what? I think both of those one seeds this year are very strong bets. Uh, I mean, obviously the betting market favors them. You always think that the number ones have the best shot, but to me, these number ones seem a little bit further ahead of each conference than uh, the past few years. Um, San Francisco especially has some separation between them and the rest of the NFC. So that would be the one team that I feel the best about making the Super Bowl, And that's going to feed my decisions, which we'll, I think we'll get to as we go through the positions. Yeah. I mean, for me, a quarterback, I think, unless you think someone besides Baltimore or Buffalo is going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, I, I just think your quarterback should be the AFC team that you expect to represent, you know, the, 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 the AFC team you think is going to make Super Bowl. So Lamar Jackson, even think it's going to be Baltimore. Josh Allen, I think it's going to be Buffalo. I just think those two guys are the, the highest scorers um, at, at that position among these teams that, you know, we think could could make it. I would say maybe with the exception of Stefan Diggs, both teams offer challenges for who you would pick instead. Mm-hmm. I mean, I doubt they're going to be faded very often. Um, I don't know, Adam, what are your thoughts on Diggs at this point? Like, is he going to be a popular play? He's got a good game against Miami in week 18, but that's been kind of rare lately. Yeah, I'm kind of off Diggs. I think, see, my thing is like, so Fantasy Mojo, uh, Darren Armani puts up all the in, in, information, and he says that, you know, court over the last, I think three out of the last four years, the exception of Hertz last year, three out of the last four years, um, the quarterback has not been, has not made the Super Bowl from the, from the perfect team that you could have built. So I don't think we need a quarterback that gets to the Super Bowl. Um, and so thinking about that in the process of, all right, well, let me get a quarterback that's going to get me multiple you know multiple games and a quarterback that's going to score f- fantasy points like obviously i get to, j- to to josh allen so i'm not really on digs <laughs> and then i could i get to running backs I, I keep going back to jared's spreadsheet with the running backs from the afc if i'm not allen i'm cook because i think with the weather games um and that type of thing i think they would they like to lean into james cook so i don't i'm not really on digs a lot but if you want to do like a lamar if there, if we're gonna go Lamar as, as as the quarterback, I would be okay with Diggs as a play off 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 of that rather than rather than James Cook. All right, I'm with that. If you know, Allen Allen's my favorite play from the Bills. Um, I think you know he he he's the top fantasy scorer among all the court. He was the top fantasy scorer at quarterback for the season, so he obviously is among playoff teams. Um, yeah, you know, I feel great about his chances of getting two games. He you know. Lamar Jackson can't get four games. Brock Purdy can't get four games. Allen has a chance to get, you know, four games, including the double Super Bowl. But if I'm not going Allen, I do like the James Cook play. Um, I think you look at this week's matchup at cold weather, big favorites, you know, could be a game where they, they lean on Cook. The following week, if it's Kansas City, Kansas City is uh, eighth in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks, second against wide receivers, just 14th against quarterbacks. So that, you know, gives Cook the better matchup there. Um, and then the thing, like, like playing digs, if Diggs has a big postseason, isn't Josh Allen having a bigger postseason? Yes. He, you know, he's getting all those passing points and he's doing all the stuff on the ground. So and Diggs doesn't have big postseasons. Like I'm not I'm not being like he just like Kansas City, he yeah. doesn't know what to do against Kansas City. 
you know, he's, he's rarely showed up. I mean, I think new England, when they were perfect a couple of years ago, we showed up, but in these winter go home games since Cincinnati, Kansas city, Kansas city, he just does. It's not really him. So like, um, I, I'm okay with the Lamar. Mike, I mean, Mike, what, what do you think? I mean, you got your finger on the pulse of the, the, the Ravens. Are you leaning more like Lamar or do we, or, you know, is there a, a like a Purdy situation? There? I am glad you asked. So this is not show from the bulldog, but this kind of thing is what worries me for the bills. The whole point about having the strong second wide receiver, I would never play Diggs in this. Yeah. I might play Shakir in the $35 or something like that. I mean, he's been more productive. Um, and I just don't like how it feels to lean on James Cook. He's not big and, you know, goal line isn't there. He's dropping the ball every week. So what worries me for them is just the, what are they, what are their options in terms of the passing game and against Kansas city or even against Pittsburgh and certainly against Baltimore. I mean, the total, th this is also ticked up, but the total for this game is now at 36. It was 34 when it opened and there, there was no talk of lake effect snow earlier in the week, the bills are scoring, you know, in the low twenties. Um, of course, Allen had 15 rushing touchdowns. And if you, you get the five games out of him, if they make that run, you're going to be tough to beat. So that's, that's a fine bet, but, um, I'm not super optimistic for them because I just, I think that they, um, offensively don't have enough going for them, you know? Um, so for me, Allen is obviously chalky. He and Jackson are maybe very similar but I've, I've been just sort of maybe instinctively trying to find ways to build these teams without Allen uh, yeah. because envisioning the, the monster showing is pretty easy and maybe too easy. Yeah, let me get to a couple things here because first I want to um, fight back for Stefan Diggs a little bit. I know that he hasn't had monster playoffs last year. His second game was a four-catch 35-yard game. Uh, against Cincinnati 10 targets in that one though nine targets the game before that caught seven for 114 against the Dolphins bad playoffs the year before that and then his first season in Buffalo he had 9 11 and 11 targets six plus catches in all three of those games over 100 yards twice touchdowns in two of those so has it been mixed in the playoffs yes has, did he get to uh, did he finish this season slowly yes but we also saw a bit of a rebound against Miami the target share has been there he was very close to having an enormous game against Miami if they had hooked up on that long pass, which was the only official incompletion between them. So I think if the concern is that Stefan Diggs has a bad playoffs, if that happens, I don't think the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. So I don't think that that's a knock against choosing Diggs as much as it is like a, I'm worried about the Bills making the Super Bowl. And I agree with you, Mike, the way that they've been winning lately even doesn't feel like a way that you can sustain through these playoffs. I feel much better about betting on Baltimore to get out of the AFC while giving yeah. Buffalo a chance to do that. I still think they have a shot to get out of the AFC, but that uncertainty is part of why I like Brock Purdy and that plus the chalk that is going to be with both of these quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. I think that the San Francisco 49ers have by far the best chance of making the Super Bowl among all these teams. The betting markets agree with that. They're at plus 220 to make the Super Bowl. Baltimore's at plus 310. Buffalo's at plus 650. The Cowboys, number two in the NFC at plus 750. So here I'm taking the quarterback that I think has the best chance of getting to the Super Bowl. If he gets there and Josh Allen doesn't, then with the doubling, that's four games for Brock Purdy versus three for Josh Allen, assuming he loses in the AFC Championship game. It's the same number of games for Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson gets there to match him, Lamar Jackson only beat Brock Purdy by one and a half points per game in FFPC scoring for the season. So we look at them. We think that Lamar Jackson is way ahead of Brock Purdy. And does he beat him on fantasy ceiling? Of course, he can have a hundred yard rushing game. Brock Purdy probably will not. But Brock Purdy also plays with easily the best set of pass catchers among all of these playoff teams. He plays with arguably the best offensive game planner. So is there a better bet among these quarterbacks to throw five touchdowns in a game if we're looking for ultimate ceiling? I don't think so. We had four touchdown passes from Brock Purdy against Dallas in their meeting earlier this year, so we know he can do it against good defenses. So I like the relative certainty of getting my quarterback into the Super Bowl. I like not having to pick between Baltimore and Buffalo there. And I like the big edge that I'm going to get because I think probably – like 90% of teams in this tournament are going to have either Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. 
and McCaffrey. And yeah, <laughs> McCaffrey. That right. That's right. So yeah, I mean, P- Purdy makes sense in a vacuum and i'm definitely with matt that i think san francisco has the best chance of any team to make the super bowl the problem is the opportunity cost by playing purdy you're not playing mccaffrey or even even you're you're not playing debo by you know playing not playing allen you're only passing on you know Diggs or cook or you know the, the opportunity cost of you know playing allen or lamar jackson is just way smaller than it is playing the opportunity McCaffrey. cost is larger the opportunity cost is larger of picking another 49er because on those other teams, you have fewer guys who it could be. Whereas the 49ers, if you're not picking Purdy, then it could be Debo. It could be Brandon Ayuk. It could be George Kittle. It could be Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey, more than any other running back, you're getting some of his scoring by taking his quarterback. So I get pieces of all of those 49ers by playing Brock Purdy. If I choose Stephon Diggs, over Josh Allen, I'm probably getting most of the passing that Josh Allen does. I have two choices among Ravens to get uh, most of the passing or a large chunk of the passing for Lamar Jackson. I mean, I, I just think to simplify it, if you're picking Purdy, you're picking Purdy plus Diggs to outscore Allen plus McCaffrey. That that, that seems like a, a very well. You have bet. to. You could have a lead also going into it. You know what I mean? Like, but I I get you. I, I think that's oversimplifying it. Well, I'm saying I'm, I'm not even saying in the Super Bowl. I'm saying over the course of the entire postseason, you know, regardless of how far those teams advance. Yeah. So if we get four games of Purdy versus three of Josh Allen, we're talking about if we just take their scoring averages, we're talking about nine more nine more points on the Purdy side. And then you plus need, you know, ownership. Then you need plus, plus ownership. Yeah. I mean, no, ownership, ownership to right. do this, I think. Yeah. But yeah. But like, like if you know, if Purdy outscores. Allen by nine, then you're still, you know, comparing McCaffrey versus Diggs. So you need Diggs to stay within within. There are a lot more players involved than just those two guys. I know, I'm just, but I, but uh, saying the rest of your lineup was all the same, and you, you know, just just making that two for two switch. I think that's a mistake in uh, thinking it through, honestly. I mean, here's the thing too: as we're 31 minutes and just got our, got our, <laughs> our quarterback, you have to think too. Like, if you think you got to think the whole thing out. Like, if if you're going to go with a Niners Ravens Super Bowl in this scenario, like if you've got Purdy. And who's your who, who's your Raven? Zay, Zay Flowers. So now you get to the Super Bowl and it's Purdy and Zay versus Lamar and any of those star Niners players. And I just feel like the Lamar plus the Niner is probably going to outscore Purdy plus Zay. So that's that's another way to kind of like look at it. I love per- building Purdy teams. I I think it's cool and fun. I just don't know if you got one team with we're building like our team. Um but again, I don't. I can build it anyway. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. It's definitely, Boy, it's, it's definitely cool. It seems, it seems fun. I think it's really thin. I would consider it in the thirty-five dollar contest. I don't think you need to do it in the in the two hundred dollar contest with only seventy-eight hundred teams. I will smile every time I hear that, though. <laughs> well, the every, cool thing, every person who thinks that makes my team stronger. And and the cool thing about going with Purdy is you can now go fairly chalk like the rest of the way because Purdy yeah. is going to be your under. 10%. I mean, I think he's certainly going to be under 10%, I think, owned player, but um, that allows I'm, fe- I'm feeling this. And, and and you were talking, we were at 29 minutes. I'm looking at the clock. Jared said before we started, <laughs> boy, if we can keep it to an hour, like, of course we'll keep it to an hour. But I was just waiting to mention Prescott because <laughs> he, he's kind of my favorite quarterback play is, is Prescott. Um, but, I, you know, that, that, that can be my, I'll just I'll just take that to my wife and she and I'll figure that out uh, separately. <laughs> um, but, you know, speaking of chalk, you're talking about lamb, you know, if we yeah. kind of go forward with this to see what it ends up looking like is, is lamb the chalkiest play in the whole thing? Maybe. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Probably. And he, he's, he's the guy, he's the guy I, I you know, I'd, I'd fade McCaffrey before I faded lamb and the deck. I mean, that the deck kind of makes sense, but the thing with Dak is lamb just soaks up so much of decks production like for Dak to be the play he needs to go off and he has to do it throw into you know Brandon Cooks Cooks. And Ferguson and Gallup and which is possible it's just it's not a bet I would want to make okay the thing about well, Dak too just just for because I do have a Dak lineup that I have built as well it's it's like the Allen argument like if he gets those, those games and Dak um, doesn't score the points Allen does but he's going to be in good weather the entire time so like you've got the Dallas Dome or he's going to go to San Francisco or whatever like He's a two seed, expecting to get the NFC Championship game and play in good weather throughout the entire playoff. So that, I mean, we talk about, like, it might sound silly, but it's huge, man. Having a snowstorm and playing in a dome really affects the, the, the fantasy points. 
Well, Adams brought this AFC running back argument to the table here. Is there, if we start this way, Purdy is our quarterback, Pacheco, C.D. Lamb so far. Is it James Cook? Is it Gus? Or is it Browns Texans? Um, or I suppose someone else. If we're not playing Allen, I like Cook for this second running back spot. Cook? Uh, yeah, I definitely vote Cook for sure. And again, to Matt's point, Matt makes a great point. We can always circle back once it's done and, and see, you know, we might get to some other running backs that we like. or we'll, we'll Oh, we will definitely do, be doing some circling. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be doing some circling. That's the, that's the fun of it. All right. So we're throwing Cook in there. Cook and Pacheco would be a round two matchup, uh, by the way, if both teams were to win this week. Okay, what's next? We haven't talked about either 4-5 or five game at all. When we started talking about fades, and we, we mentioned the Steelers, I think maybe it was Adam or Jared brought up the Dolphins as a second team to consider full fade. I, I was ready to nominate Philadelphia uh, for that. How controversial is it with the Eagles? You've got A.J. Brown hurt Monday night, and it's a Saturday lock. Could be really dicey there. Devontae Smith missed last week. Dalen Hurts was hurt. Swift, sick, if you want it. Um, the vibes are not good with the Eagles. Is that a reason to play them or do we maybe want to get out? What's the move? It's more than just vibes. They've been bad for like six weeks now. I, I think that they're one of the worst teams coming into these playoffs. And there's so many stars on that offense that people are going to be scared to full fade the Eagles. So I think that helps them as a full fade. I, you know, could they beat the Bucks? Sure. Uh, are they going to make a run? Uh, absolutely not. So uh, they're one of my favorite either full or soft fids. I love when we get to the playoffs and we just hate our 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 own our own teams. <laughs> Dolphins stink. The Eagles are terrible. Yeah. The Bills they're going to lose to the Steelers in this weather. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> my, pro- my, my problem with fading the Eagles is I think they're one of the worst teams in the playoffs. I think the Bucks are one of the worst teams in the playoffs too, though. And yeah. Yeah, one of these teams has to. But now I I do think neither of these teams is likely to go beyond um round one so I, I think fading one side of this game makes sense and I, i'm okay making the fade the eagles and playing mike evans who is one of my favorite plays in this tournament i just think you know that the spike games he's had all season you want to attack philly with perimeter wide receivers you know that, that's mike evans i think it's, it's a perfect spot for a big evans game yeah, Evans to me is um, DK Metcalf from last year with the Seahawks. I was thinking about that. I was listening to to Ship Chasers yesterday. I was thinking about that, and then Gretch said it, and I absolutely love it. I was going to ask you, Matt, does Slay um, does he does does he travel like with the number one? Like, is this maybe a Godwin leverage? Like, because that secondary is horrible. And yeah, I mean I, the secondary. The secondary has been so bad, I wouldn't even think that matter. far okay. about it. I, my favorite is Godwin between them because um, over the final five games this season, Godwin led Evans by 12 targets and 18 catches from the point where Todd Bowles said, oh, we had to sit him more often because he's more banged up than most guys. And if you look, it wasn't actually true. And then Chris Godwin's wife went to social media and was like, why are we lying on Chris Godwin's name? Why don't you just tell the truth? And the very next game, Chris Godwin blew up. And from there on, he was the team's leader in targets, leader in catches. So I think he's, you know, Mike Evans always has the blow up potential. I'm going to take Godwin as the lead target right now at what I think is going to be a lower rostered rate than Mike Evans for this tournament. The squeaky wheel. This is the corollary, the squeaky wife on that one. Uh, is is there a a point here about what Godwin's ceiling is? I mean, I think, yeah. of course, Philadelphia has been thrown on at, at will by teams. You got Mayfield hurt. I, I'm pretty much down the middle when it comes to Evans or Godwin. So I'd also maybe lean toward the guy I think is less owned, which would be Godwin. But it's close. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with Godwin too. I, so and, and and we've also vetoed Matt th- th- three times already. So I'm definitely good. Good. We gave him his quarterback. Yeah, he already got his birdie. Yeah. Oh, that's I, right. I'm, okay. I'm, d- I'm definitely I'm definitely Evans over Godwin for the ceiling. I mean, uh, Godwin has what he hit 20 points once all season. You know, I mean, he had some bad touchdown luck that could turn, but I mean, Evans is the guy that can go for 30. True. Yeah, Evans is more the Metcalf from last year game, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I'm kind of. Honestly, the micro, like the, the, the teams and the kind of range of outcomes is more important to me. Like the actual specific receipt, this, like, we'll get to this with Puka, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, you know, all these different, that doesn't really matter to me. It's about like, does it make sense from like 
the position that we're going to take standpoint. I do want to push back a little bit on as we as you work through it, like Eagles Bucks, the weather's probably going to be okay. There might be a little, little bit of rain, but like that's a game that I guess if you're going to fade a team that makes you different, it would be the Eagles. But and I'm not saying the Eagles are going to win, but this isn't a game that I want to like. I want pieces from from both. Again, it's Thursday, right? They play Monday. We don't know what's going on with AJ Brown or Devonta yeah. Smith or any of that. But like assuming that like AJ Brown plays and is like fairly healthy, or even if you were going to go with, with a Goddard. It's going to be a high scoring. It probably is going to be a high scoring, high flying game. Like I don't want to miss out on that. I want to play. I want to play from both teams. I'd rather fade a, a a chief or a dolphin or a brown or a texan or some other game that's yeah. in bad weather with low scoring teams. I don't know. That's that, that's that's my thought on it. I I feel like it could be a shootout as well, Adam. It does have the second lowest over under this week at forty three and a half. I mean, it's it's close with Miami, Kansas City, and. Um, Houston, Cleveland, they're all right in the same bucket. But, um, you know, at least the Vegas lines are saying it might not be a shootout. I, I'd be okay playing both sides of this game. It's just so hard to talk about the Eagles at this point without, you know, knowing the injury situations. Right. I, mean, I think if you're if you're locking someone right, right now, it would have to be Goddard. But if we get to the end of the week and, you know, A.J. Brown and or Devonta Smith will were, you know, full goes and practice on um, Saturday, it'd be easier to, to, to choose them. And I certainly think it's okay to play an Eagle, but before you do go to pro football reference, go to the Eagles page and look at their total yards throughout the season and watch how it trended. Yeah, no, I I certainly, we have not, we have not said yet that they are favored by the way. I mean, everybody's down on Philadelphia. Uh, I'm not sure everybody's up on Tampa. It was kind of an ugly finish to the season, but it's a kind of a buster setup for Philly. I think I, I mean, unless AJ Brown is ruled out, what they haven't said on Brown is some sort of uh, MCL sprain or some sort of specific, unless I missed it, injury that would imply week to week, you know, like that, save him yeah. for later on. Nobody's really talking like that. So I wouldn't be afraid to, to start him, especially if I think yeah. most people wouldn't. Uh, it's that, only one week if you lose him. That's what makes me less interested is I think most people will. I think people will be afraid to full fade this Eagles team. And I think we'll get a highly rostered AJ Brown for this game. Cause it, the indication out of the giants game was that it wasn't serious. Um, so I, I guess we'll see as we get a little closer. We should get, we should get their final injury report like half an hour before this contest locks. So uh, we'll, we'll have uh, yeah. right? what we're going to get. Yeah. It four, should be like four. four o'clock on Saturday. Right. What they'll say is he's going to travel with the team and be a game time decision. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not going to rule him out and leave him home. Yeah, well, and if and if that's the case, he's going to be like ten percent owned, right? As opposed to if he were healthy, what fifty? Oh boy, I I love that. Right. I mean, I don't know. How do we decide whether we whether he'll be? Uh, well, we can leave the Eagles blank. I mean, you can put Eagles kicker in now if you want, and then we could by the you know we get done and we're like, yeah, you know, I don't I don't like Nico Collins, so let's go AJ Brown, you know, that type of thing. I'll put Brown in for now, but uh, reserve the right. Reserve we the have right. not we have not picked a tight end yet. We picked Pacheco for the Chiefs, so it's not going to be Kelsey. It's not going to be Kittle. A couple of names here. It's not going to be Dalton Kincaid, if you were think, uh, thinking that way. David Njoku. Yes. Laporta injured. Isaiah Likely. Two guys here. Um, you know, Njoku might be closer to chalk, but maybe that's not yeah. even the word with Kelsey, you know, in existence here. Is Njoku the, the Browns play? Amari Cooper's status a little bit in question. Uh, I'm not worried about him, though. What do you like here at tight end? I think Njoku is going to be the most popular Brown. I think Amari Cooper is going to keep his rostered rate down some from where it would be if there weren't Amari Cooper there. Because I, I think that people will overlook the heel issue, which Amari Cooper has said he'll be ready to play and not forget that he had a monster game against Houston last time. So I think they'll be relatively close in roster rate, but I still prefer Njoku. Yep. And Njoku's my guy at tight end if I'm not playing Kelsey. Um Njoku outscored Cooper in FFPC points per game on the season. It was 15.2 to 15.1. So you know basically a toss up. Um they Njoku and Cooper played three healthy games together with Flacco. One of them was obviously the Texans game where Cooper went for 49 and a half FFPC points and Joku went for still went for 19.4 in that game. The two other games that they were both healthy with Flacco with, with Flacco and Joku outscored 
Amari Cooper, um, and Joe Kubin for 30.1 and 31.4 FFPC points in those games. And, you know, despite what Cooper did to Cleveland in their, or did to Houston in their first meeting, um, the Texans are weaker against tight ends and they are wide receivers. They're 31st against tight ends, 22nd against wide receivers. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That was my 31 against, against, against tight ends on the, on the spreadsheet for Houston. And if they do win in advance, they probably get the Ravens and the Ravens, while they have a very good defense, they're worst against tight ends out of all the positions that they, that, that, that they cover. So, nice. um, and Joku to me is like the easiest click from there. Um, and he's just been awesome da, 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 down the stretch. Winning teams last year had multiple tight ends. Didn't one of the winning teams have four? That was the $35 entry. I think had three, three or four. Yeah. Is Dalton Schultz interesting? No, not for me, at least. Nope. He's not an interesting player, and uh, the, the Browns <laughs> are really good against tight ends. <laughs> okay. I love it. Um, Collins? I, I end up, like, when you go through the whole thing, I just end up not being able to get to a Texan, uh, like, because, yeah. I mean, you'll see as you go through, like, you end up, like, oh, am I going to fade? I Nico Collins, or am I going to fade, you know, yeah. I'm on Ross St. Brown, you know? Yeah, I like I like Texans defense or, or uh, Fairbairn, Texans kicker. That's, that's where I've been landing on most of my builds. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, I agree. I want to fade the Texans here. I expect Cleveland to win. I think Houston can win, but I would bet that Cleveland will win. And I think even if Houston does win, Nico Collins is not necessarily – a big scorer in that one. And he will probably be the most popular Texan outside of maybe Kaimi Fairbairn. If everybody is, you know, soft fading, relatively everybody is fading Houston here. Yeah. I think I end up on the kicker because of, of, of the weather. I think once you get down to the end, it's like, do you want a kicker from outdoor snow yeah. game or do you want the kicker from the indoor game? Yeah. So the argument for Texans defense, I, I always like playing defenses that are going to face a ton of pass attempts. I think, Flacco's been chucking it, you know, 40, 45 times a game. Flacco has eight interceptions in his five games. Like he's played awesome, but he's turning the ball over. He had two interceptions in the first game against Houston. So I think, you know, Houston could give up 28 points, but they could, you know, get two interceptions. You hope one goes back for a touchdown. That's kind of the argument in favor of he, that defense. He, it would be very on brand to pick six in this game from uh, Flacco, but yes. the, the volume is there otherwise. Let's go defense for now. Fairbairn, I predict, will be the most owned kicker. Uh, because of all these points, you know, elements included. All right. Well, Adam mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown. We have not talked about Lions Rams yet. And that's a really interesting, maybe a, a swing game. Of course, if the lower, the higher seeded team wins these games, like a six in LA's case, that shakes up the whole, the whole bracket. They'd go to LA or San Francisco unless Dallas loses. And we get the Packers too. What's um, guys, just anybody's general confidence in the Lions as a three-point favorite against Stafford and McVay, trying to win their first playoff game since 1991. Um, I don't know how how confident would you, if you were a Lions fan, how, how would you feel? I think it could go either way, and there are going to be plenty of points, and there are so many attractive offensive players. I just want to pick somebody from each team, make sure that I have somebody moving on. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm excited about this game to, to watch it. So I'm the only. So I, I'm going to say this. I mean, I'm going to preface by I'm the only person in New York State that owns a Jameer Gibbs jersey, and I've owned one since like August, and I've, I've worn it on the show. Okay, I'll reference the the show later. But um, I am I'm on Ross St. Brown here, and I'm like almost all my teams are going to have him on there because no Laporta injury. I would have loved to have been played Laporta. That would have been such a fun a fun play. But and then again, you look at the NFC. NFC matchups, Rams, number one against running backs. Okay. Let's say they get through through the Rams. Let's say they get through the Rams. Now it's probably the, the, the Cowboys. Jameer Gibbs, two weeks ago, did not hit his worst game of the year against the Cowboys. Four fantasy points, five fantasy points, something like that. And he doesn't have the backfield even to himself. So even if they do get there running the ball, it might be David Montgomery with two rushing scores. So it's crazy. Like if I'm not going, I'm on raw, I would almost rather go maybe not in this team. Cause we're already unique enough, but I'd rather go Montgomery for the under 5% or under 3% ownership or whatever. Cause he has a chance to fall in for two scores and no one's going to own him. So I'm not really going to be on Gibbs. I know people want to get, have, have fun with it, but with all those running back matchups, that he could face it are super d difficult. 
he's got like the number one and number two. Um, it's going to be really tough for Gibbs to get there and, and to be yeah. able to throw the ball again in good weather. Amon Ra, I think to me is my guy for, for, for the lions. Yeah. The lions would have been a lot more interesting for this contest if Laporter had not gone yeah. down because that would have made Laporta an option. It would have made St. Brown slightly weaker. You do have the running backs in play. Uh, the other Gibbs, Jacob Gibbs from uh, CBS Sports, who, who is an awesome follow on Twitter, had some numbers on um, Amon Ross St. Brown with and without Sam Laporta. His target rate climbs from 28 to 32% without Laporta. His yards per out from 2.54 to 3.24 mm. without Laporta. So, you know, Amon Ra has just been a monster without Laporta on the field. Good matchup here indoors. Um, I, I think the only argument to go with like Gibbs or Montgomery's ownership. And like you said, Adam, this team is different enough where I think we just, just play the chalk St. Brown. Or if the Rams just don't show up and you have a game script point. Here. <laughs> but not that the Lions were somewhat immune to that uh, this year, but I doubt that happens. I it's yep. There'll be Kyron Williams teams, probably. Um, maybe especially if you think Detroit won't show up in this game. You don't trust Jared Goff or something like that. But uh, for me, Nakua and Cup, and there's a good argument for each guy, who is more owned and who maybe do you guys like more for the matchup or whatever else? I think Puka versus Cup is like Chris Godwin versus Mike Evans, where they're both solid yeah. picks. I think Puka is going to get more ownership because Cooper Cup finished the season more quietly. That makes me lean toward Cooper Cup because we don't have to look back too far for big production, but I don't think there's a right or wrong between them. And I would still bet that Kyron Williams is the most rostered among them just because he was the only running back anywhere close to Christian McCaffrey in per game scoring this year. Yeah, I, I hope Kyron's popular because I want to fade him and play one of these wide receivers. The Lions were one of the biggest pass funnel defenses in the league all season um i think you know stafford's 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 gonna want to win this game on his arm if he can i'm sure mcveigh will will let him not saying kyron's not going to get his you know 20 plus touches he will but the lions were just super tough against running backs all season so i definitely like playing the rams through one of the wide receivers um and i would i'd go cup just because i think he he could be he could be like half his own as puka honestly i just think you know people kind of Love Puka as they should. He just had the best rookie season of all time, but I think it's definitely possible that Cup outscores him over over one or two games. Yeah, I definitely lean receiver here. Doesn't matter to me which one. You can make arguments for both. And again, referencing Fantasy Mojo's work, he kind of dwindles it all down into a couple of major bullet points here. Um, if you want to read it, obviously go to the website, but the bullet point is roster ideally two, maximum of three running backs. That's what's worked in the perfect rosters for this for this competition so we've already got two like jared said the matchups are terrible for 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 kyron williams and they've got really good pass game options so again i'm leaning receiver and just kind of rotating back and forth between each between each one i like all the arguments i guess i would say i test wise cup he i was losing confidence in him late in the season the game against the mm -hmm. giants i think it was in one of the fantasy playoff weeks where just the timing was a little bit off. So I think I would be Puka just because that, that seems so locked in and I'm not as confident as you guys might be that Cup has still got it. That's fine. Again, I don't think Puka, I think Kyron will be higher owned than Puka. And I think I'm not worried about ownership on this team because of that, that nutty purdy play. So I think, I think we're fine going, going Puka. <laughs> You're going to take that, Matt? <laughs> Yeah, please. Nothing wrong with Nutty. Nothing wrong with Nutty. Right. All right. So we have two spots open, uh, which means four teams left. One is kicker. Miami and Pittsburgh, Green Bay, and? Texan? No, not Texans. Miami, Pittsburgh. Look on the right. I don't know. Green Miami, Bay. Pittsburgh. I don't know. Baltimore. <laughs> okay well that that makes that easy so by I mean, the way well, when i did my first lineup the other last night i was up all night doing my, my first one i got to the end i did the same exact thing like who yeah. am i missing like oh the afc number one seed because there's no one to really use there other than that's other i mean yeah and that's that's why lamar is going to be i think i think even over allen he'll be put, put lamar in. It, might, it might not be a huge yeah it might not be a huge gap but i do think lamar will be the most popular quarterback play <laughs> I think it would be for me either flowers or likely. Yeah. And ownership is low on both flowers. I like how that 
looks going in. I, I think I would do that. Yeah. So I looked, I looked at these two guys just to compare them. I looked at their last five games, excluding week 18, um, which, which is actually ju- exactly when likely um, became the full-time guy with Andrews out. It was 36 targets for flowers to 26 for likely 16.9 points per game for flowers, 16.3 for likely. So, you know, pretty close there. I, Flowers would be my lean, especially again, because we're not worried about ownership. Yeah, over that span, it was like Jared said, more targets for Flowers, five more catches for Flowers. It was actually 21 more yards for likely, same four touchdowns for both. So, I mean, I, I think they're even, obviously, tight end premium. Everybody knows about who plays FFPC regularly. I, maybe I wonder whether that pushes likely ahead of Zay Flowers, but I think that Zay Flowers' huge target lead for the season probably makes him the more popular of the two. And I mean, with Lamar Jackson as maybe the most popular quarterback at the very least top two quarterbacks, I don't think ownership between likely and flowers is going to be, you know, it's going to sway too much in either direction. I think these guys are pretty even if you're not playing Lamar Jackson, it's it, you pick either one of these two. Yeah. I like, I like flowers. And there's also some whispers that Andrews might come back for at some right. point. Yeah. That's a good point. Season, yeah. So. That would leave probably the Green Bay kicker, Carlson, yep. and we fade Miami and Pittsburgh here. Dome game, yep. high scoring, perhaps. I like that. Andrews Carlson. Yeah, for sure. All right. The hard. Well, sorry, sorry, Jared. <laughs> what we've got is, for now, as the show wraps, Brock Purdy at quarterback, Isaiah Pacheco, James Cook, the two running backs, possible round two meeting. There will be one if. Both uh, of the favorites win, the Chiefs and the Bills, and the fades on this team are their opponents. Cold weather, possibly disastrous weather in both situations, road underdogs in Miami and Pittsburgh. Wide receivers, C.D. Lamb seems obvious. Monroe, St. Brown, close to obvious. Mike Evans and A.J. Brown from the 4-5 NFC game. Puka Nakua as well. David Njoku at tight end. Carlson for the Packers and the Houston defense banking on a pick six possibly there against the Browns. Well, I can live with that. Now, if you guys were going to make multiple, so let's say this was like your first roster and like your shell, like, okay, this is my, like my favorite one. If you were going to do, let's say four or five more, would you just go through and change like, you know, Evans to Godwin and Puka to Cooper cup for a team and then do it again and switch to other, or would you, legit go in and start again with like the quarterback I, be like hey i want some lamar i want some josh allen like how would you guys i would it? i would start i would start with this exact lineup and just flip purdy cook for <laughs> allen mccaffrey and i'd be super happy there you go there yeah <laughs> that, that's a really good question though because what happens to me in some of my sick bay time the last couple of days build a team like this the smartest way i know how all right done then you set the second one up, tweak it a little bit like that. Then, you know, okay, the $35, isn't Jamison Williams, you know, That's interesting? Right. And uh, <laughs> then you end up erasing it. And I know at least I'm aware enough to know when the moment is like, all right, this doesn't even, this isn't even what I wanted. I, I didn't order this. Like, it's just completely, <laughs> uh, you know, erase, start over. But 35s, I mean, you have to be willing to play some long shot guys in the 35s to have a chance, I think. Yeah, I mean, the, the 35s, you got to have more, you know, there's way more competitors, so you have to, you know, have a better team. It's like the the main event and the fantasy pros. Like, you got to score higher in the fantasy pros in the playoffs to win. So, uh, and, and and even the rosters were, were were different. Like, the one that won the $35 was, what, three or four tight ends, I think, uh, you had pointed out earlier, Mike. So, yeah, you got to get different, and you can have a little bit more fun fun with it that way. Does, Mo- does Mojo have um, that data, Adam, as far as, like, the yep. ownerships you want to target for both the 200 and the 35 dollars um i don't think so i don't think as far as ownership percentages he does but okay. but as far as like the perfect lineup and what worked he 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 has that right. okay boys well it's been fun hopefully informative this is our team for now again we've got a couple days before uh it locks in and maybe there'll be injury updates or reasons why we might want to change a couple of things but uh, for now, we've got a Brock Purdy team, which basically freed us up to make some of the chalkier choices down the board uh, easier. Um, we'll see. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Matt. It's been fun to uh, reacquaint with you and build this thing together.
Thanks yeah, I'll do this us. anytime. Thank you guys for having us on. Of course. Next Draft week, Divisional Round? Yes. Yeah, Divisional Round. That's right. Next <laughs> Thursday morning. Uh, check out their work on this format and everything else at DraftSharks.com. Uh, Mike and Adam here in the deep end. Good luck, and we'll see you next time. See you guys. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all of this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.